0: Three, two, one.
1: Hello, and welcome back to another off-season episode of the Texas Private School Podcast. As always, I am one-third of your hosting crew for today. Walker Lott joins us from Fort Worth, Texas, and we have SBC analyst Jack Klosek here on the episode today to detail our SBC preview. Jack, number one, how are you doing, and how are you feeling about the outlook of SBC this year?
0: Wes, thank you you so much for having me. Um, Being able to be an analyst here is truly a blessing for me. Um, to be able to stay involved in the game um, that I love that helped me grow is really, really special. So um, I've been enjoying summer, been working um, on vacation right now, but always staying up to date with the football stuff. Um, And I think SPC is poised for another competitive year in terms of 4A. you got four teams with ESD, St. John's, Kincaid, and Episcopal that are all vying for a title that all could contend for a title. And then in terms of 3A, Um, Two things kind of stand out. Number one, Trinity Valley with Gavin Parkhurst, Carter Lee, um, Will Scott make a run for a title. Uh, We see John Cooper maybe taking a step back. And then the rise of Houston Christian led by transfer quarterback uh, Brent Kilchrist and uh, athlete defensive back uh, receiver Jordan Eli Stewart. So I think this is going to be another fun year of SPC football, and I, I can't wait for the season to begin.
1: Absolutely, dude. It never seems to fail that we get about four weeks into SBC play and it's an absolute madhouse. There are dark horses, teams are beating teams that shouldn't be winning. And it's always one of the more fun divisions we cover. Walker Lot, we haven't heard from you yet this episode. Number one, how are you doing? Number two, what are you doing back in Fort Worth? Number three, how does it feel to finally um beat the bankers?
2: Uh it's been awesome. Check your phone, by the way. I just texted you to do something, but
1: absolutely um
2: yeah, it's been awesome. We officially set up the TXPS bank account today, so that's been awesome. So that's why I'm up in Fort Worth. Uh, not in the usual setup, but uh, you know, this is the, the risky setup for today. But it's been good. Uh good to go see the guys, all three of us in person today. So that was awesome. Finally got to see Ryan after his whole uh you know, his whole thing with Team USA this offseason. And uh yeah, all three of us were in a building for the first time and Months probably, so it was good to see everyone now back home come see the family. And yeah, it's awesome, man. I'm excited. You know, we got one more week, and then you know, I start school at AM for one last year, my fifth year, stay strong. A whoop! And uh, yeah, now one more year of college and one more year of uh, Texas high school football, which I counted the other day. I have been to in the past four years over 105 games of Texas high school football. So uh, if anyone knows, like, hey, do you know what you're talking about? I somewhat do a little bit. So that's really it. You know,
1: as the old adage goes, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Uh, we we say this over and over again. It's part of the reason we have Jack helping us is that anyone that has any association with TXPS and our brand um loves Texas high school and private school football more than the average person. You know, we all, we all have grown up around it. We have failed to release it. Going on to college and it's created this. And like I said, we enjoy doing this. We enjoy creating content that the you, the players and you, the fans can enjoy. And it's just fun for us. Uh, Like I've said before, there's no, there's no more exciting feeling I get than going and covering games on Friday night. And we're very close to that. And we are very excited to kick everything back into gear here very shortly. So, All of that being said, all of the pleasantries out of the way, guys, I think the best thing we can do now is jump right into our SPC 3A preview and go through our power rankings, which me, Walker, and Jack sat down right before the episode, and we hammered these out. That makes it sound like we spent like 20 minutes doing this. We didn't. It was a, it was probably, you know, at least 10 hours of, of man hour combined between all three of us. But I've spoken enough. Let's get into the TXPS SPC 3A power ranking. Starting at the top, the Trinity Valley Trojans. At number two, we have Houston Christian. At number three, we have the John Cooper School. At number four, we have the Irving Cistercian Hawks. At number five, we have Fort Worth Country Day followed by number 6 Oakridge and then browning out number 7 Greenhill Christian. So, Jack, you are the SPC analyst I will turn to you first. We spent some time, we talked through a lot of this. You know, there's some pretty major shakeup here. We have the we have the reigning SPC 3A champion moving down to 3rd. Just kind of give us an overview of why these teams land the way they do in
0: 3A. Yeah, so I think when you start with John we can start with John Cooper as they've dropped down from their they've gone back to back and they've had a ton of talent with everybody from Vaughn McKeever to Kyler Sullivan to Blake Pitts who graduated in 2022 now plays baseball at University of San Francisco Um, just tremendous talent has gone through there. coach Dehaven has done a great job uh, turning around John Cooper with helped with people like coach Eddington their offensive coordinator they've done a great job over there Um, but losing Vaughn McKeever hurts yeah. You can't replace what Vaughn McKeever did for the past two years, um, and he's now going on to play baseball at Lamar University in Beaumont. Um, you know, and is it gonna is is Santiago Fernandez going to take that step forward this year? I think that he's going to do a great job this year, but he's not going to be able to replicate Vaughn McKeever, especially as young as he is. John Cooper's lost a lot. Carson Berger on the defensive side of things, um, and I think for that reason they're gonna they're gonna take a step back. And when you look at Trinity Valley, that was a high-scoring game. Trinity Valley showed some fight. Coach Matt Morrison has done a tremendous job over there. Gavin Parkers, Carter Lay, Will Scott, um, Jacob Maynard, all of those guys are really, really talented players. And they're poised to win a title for the first time since 2017. Now, the one that may have people scratching their heads is Houston Christian. And I'm going to explain kind of our thought process there. Um, Jordan Elise Ellie Stewart um is is a really tremendous athlete, tremendous uh defensive back. He's a track star. He's gotten all division one offers from uh, notably from Stetson. And the transfer of Brent Kilchrist, who's a proven quarterback, showed out at our Texas private school media group uh QB retreat. He's proven himself against six A competition, transferring in from Klein High School. He's a lefty. Combine that with um Houston Christian runs the run and shoot, so they're going to be running a lot of of staple passing concepts like Mesh or Y-Cross, kind of like the predecessor to the Air Raid. June Jones made it famous in Hawaii. Think Colt Brennan or Timmy Chang Chang in the early 2000s. Um, They're going to throw the ball a lot, and when you have a quarterback takes over like that, they're going to be poised to do some good things. Jack Henning's a really talented player as well at tight end, and then on the defensive side of things you have Alex Klein Joseph Trickett, um, as as well as uh, the aforementioned Eli Stewart and Bennett Mallory. So they're poised to take a step forward. And then rounding it out, you have Cistercian. So Cistercian loses a bit, quite a bit. Um, coach Beck no longer returns. First-year head coach um, Andre Bruce kind of has his work cut out for him, but I'm sure they are up for the task. Um, and then from there, you have Country Day. Um, who's kind of just been middle of the pack, same as Cistercian. But then the interesting thing about Oak Ridge is they have a pretty strong defensive line in Rodney Andari and, of course, our defensive line of the year winner, Corian Tank Thomas. Tank. Um, But um, And then rounding it out is Greenhill, who will take a step forward with K.J. Williams as head coach, um, former head coach of Nolan Catholic, Texas A&M alum, uh, played there. Um, he's, he's, he's knows how to win coaching at a good school. Like, uh, like Nolan Catholic had to deal with a lot there, but he'll be able to grow with the program at Green Hill. There will be some growing pains, but Green Hill hasn't won a game since the first week of 2019. And hopefully, you know, for all of us here at the Texas Provincial school podcast, I hope they get that first W this year and break that losing streak. And I I see them taking a step forward, maybe not to where that they're going to overtake an Oak Ridge. Um, but I, I see them at least being more competitive in some of their games. So I think that kind of rounds out uh, kind of a quick overview of SBC 3A. I really do see, see Trinity Valley as the clear favorite to win a title. But Houston Christian, you know, they moved down. They were a 4A team. They had to move down because of poor play and numbers. They went 3-7 and seven last year. They're going to be coming in with a chip on their shoulder. They're going to be looking to, you know, coach, uh, coach A.J. Eisenman in his second year, Um, looking to really improve on that three and seven year. This is a team that lost to Oak Ridge in their last game, you know, a a teams that wins, you know, included, you know, the likes of, you know, St. John's the 23rd green Hill and country day on, you know, a last minute, last minute play winner. They won 29, 28 against country day. You know, they're, they're going to be coming in looking for blood. And I think that they're going to take a huge leap forward. John Cooper will still stay competitive. I don't want to bet against them. Coach DeHaven, like I said, he came from St. Pius, proven winner, has won with a lot of really good teams and taken John Cooper from a team that, you know, hasn't even had a – has just had a football program for a decade, you know, taking over for Brent Landrum who started the program there, to winning back-to-back titles. First two in school history. So don't count them out either. But I think for those reasons, that's why I ha- we have Trinity Valley number one with a little bit of a drop-off and then Houston Christian – then Cooper and the rest rounding it out from there. But I'm curious to hear what you guys' thoughts are, Wes and Walker.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Walker, I'll turn it to you first. You know, like I said to Jack, there's a there's a lot of shakeup here. There's going to be a lot of people questioning why the reigning champions, John Cooper, are at number three, and how in the world, Houston Christian, who finished sixth last season, we have second. Um, just If you want to provide a little more clarity and insight to that, I think it'd be greatly appreciated by our audience.
2: Yeah, of course. I think, I think literally, I think after the state championship for three, a last year, I think I literally turned to Jack and I was like, Hey, Trinity Valley is going to be right back here next year. And they look really good. Cause I, because we were talking about the, like the roster and I was like, junior, 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 all these kids are still like sophomores and all of that. They're still young. And Parker's being a 25 with a state championship on uh parents under his belt with all the other guys. That's huge. And um. The offense, they just keep getting better. They only have years to get older. And they're, some of their talent, most talented players are still going to be juniors. And they have a lot of youth but also a lot of experience under their belt. And the offense looks really good. And they have a lot of weapons, and even some young guys that I'm excited about, like uh, the 26s, Chris Houston and Aiden Atkins. Those guys played a lot as freshmen, and they're going to make a big, big help for this team. Uh, Luke Williams, Tucker Howell, Charlie Anderson, the running back Ben Nogushu, Uh, You know, he already talked about, you know, Maynord Scott Lee. Uh, but having those guys, and I think they're deeper than a lot of other teams in SPC 3A, and I think that's what's going to help them a lot going through the schedule. And I, I really just like this team, man. I, I've said it since the beginning after watching them in the spring, I came away more impressed. Um, and I I, I think it really solidifies uh, TVS as the number one spot. Uh, the thing about John Cooper is I think after even us seeing him in that over the summer or spring. We say they have talent. They do. I think one of the best athletes in all of SBC 3A will be uh, Dean Calhoun. He might be the best athlete in SBC 3A. Uh, maybe uh, with Jordy Ellie Stewart, he might be the other one that can compete for that title. But um, and Carter Lee, Jacob Minor depends on how you want your athlete to look. But, um, you know, I really like Dean Calhoun, of course, and he has one more year to just get better as being a sophomore last year. And, you know, he will take the reins as the top guy for that team, but they have a lot of questions. Like he mentioned of quarterback leader on defense and all of this. And a lot of guys that are just, they're graduating senior class and also a senior class before that, that also graduated. So they just have back-to-back senior classes that, you know, take a lot away from this squad and they're just young for the first time in a while. And so their young classes are getting stronger. You know, uh, I know that's one thing that he really uh, the coach to Haven really taught, ta- ta- told us when we were out there was, They've really gotten to the weight room in those younger classes. And so I don't think it's going to be that far of a step back, but they're just going to be young for the first time in a while. And that's going to hurt them a little bit. And then Houston Christian um, seeing them in the spring, they like some of their athletes. I really, really am impressed with Jordan Stewart, Jordy Elliott and Stewart. Uh, The other guys they have, um, you know, guys like uh, uh, Jack Henning, uh, Brent, Bennett Mallory, Adam Shepard, you know, guys like that where I even saw and I was impressed with and I've, after coming to the the quarterback retreat and competing and competing well, Brett Kilchrist really, really impressed me and and just showed how uh, important he will be to that offense because with his arm, he will be probably the one of the better quarterbacks they've had in recent memory, but he also is really, really good with those legs too, which I think is going to be a key pe- key piece for this offense. I really like Brett, man. I think he, if, I think he has the tools to kind of lead this team has proven at the six, a level or climb. And I think he's going to help this team maybe get back to the state championship for the first time in a while for Houston Christian. But um, the other teams we, I don't know if we've talked about yet a lot more, but I kind of, that is my reasoning for the top three for sure.
0: I also think um, Walker brings up a great point. When you look when you looked at, when we looked at Trinity Valley last year, you know, say what you want about, you know, num- numbers matter and stats matter and all that, but sometimes the good old eye test can do the trick. When we saw Trinity Valley last year playing, when you look at those guys and you see them warming up, you see them playing. You know, the good old eye test doesn't always lie. It can be a little unreliable at times when you look at more advanced statistics. But when you look at a Kevin Parker's, a Carter Lay, uh, Chris Houston, Will Scott, Jacob Maynard, those guys look the part. You can tell they're getting after it in the weight room. You can tell they're training. Uh, In the case of Parkhurst and Carter Lay, those are multi-sport athletes. Those guys both played baseball. Those are guys who are, you know, football players aside, those guys are athletes who train, who fuel their bodies for competition. And especially in 3A when numbers are smaller, you know, you need guys like that who are going to be, who are going to get after it in the weight room, who are going to train, who are going to be reliable, dependable, who are going to be fast, not get hurt. That makes a huge difference. And when you have guys that have proven to do that, that you're going to have a pretty special team. And especially when those are your leaders who are putting in the work off the field, who are leading their team in the weight room in summer workouts and spring ball, that's when you have a chance for something very, very special to happen um with that being said the the other thing yeah. um when you look at a brett kilchrist for houston christian one thing why i'm pretty bullish on him and houston christian as a whole is we saw carson gordon go from somebody who wasn't really playing at ridge point to being a star at episcopal um you know that that the kind of transferring in from from a public school where you're playing against for the most part better competition and especially a guy that was that, that played at Klein, which is a solid 6A program in the greater Houston area, playing against good 6A competition. Now you're going to go and, against, and play against really smaller schools, smaller 3A schools, and you're going to be in an offense like a run and shoot where you're going to be throwing the ball a lot, where you have some solid receivers and Jack Henning and Jordan Ellie Stewart, where you're going to be running a lot of staple passing concepts. And on top of that, you can run with your legs you know, they don't really utilize the running back a lot, you you have a chance to do something pretty special on the offensive side of the ball. If Houston Christian can get that passing game going with a proven leader like Brett Kilchrist, and I see on social media, he's, they have an awesome social media. You guys should go follow them um, in, in terms of both um, football stuff but also devotional, spiritual stuff. It's, it's a good follow, and they do a great job marking their players. You can see they're putting in work and they have a proven leader in Kilchrist. and that's why i think when you get when you get somebody like that leading an offense that plays to your strength, you're going to have a, you're going to be able to go from a 3 and 7 team finishing 6th to an above 500 team that's maybe vying for a title
1: yeah, I completely agree with all the points raised um, up to now. I will say, and it's it's kind of pointing out the obvious, but a huge, huge factor in how we do these rankings is obviously it's returning production. You know, you have a team like John Cooper that even though they went undefeated in SPC play and then won the SPC championship, there's a lot of question marks there because yes, they bring back Dean Calhoun, who is arguably the best player, maybe besides Vaughn McKeever um, on that Dragons team. But- you know, they lose Von McKeever, they lose Kyler Sullivan, they lose so much production. There's a lot of question marks there. Whereas TVS, you're bringing, like you said, Walker, you all saw that that roster at State last year. You know, it was junior, 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 sophomore. You know, I mean, bringing back Parker, Scott, Maynard, Carter Lay, I mean, it's just, it's it's really all that we have to go off at this point is is how much returning guys are you bringing back? And that's big with, with teams like TVS um houston christian i love man you know i it's a bold pick us moving them from a two and four district slate last year finishing sixth to the second spot but i mean maybe it's just maybe it's just a former receiver in me that loves the run and shoot that loves the the passing game i can be a little biased in that regard i'll I'll fully admit but i think all the points y'all raise are valid i mean i think between brett kilchrist who i love how jack said's a proven leader we saw that we saw that at the quarterback retreat as well. I mean, he he's very vocal. He throws the ball well, almost as good as anyone we saw at that retreat. Jordan Ellie Stewart, Amari Banks, and then Adam Shepard on the defensive side, also Anderson Jones catching passes. You know, I think I think they're going to be in really good hands. And plus I'm a huge Coach Pearl fan, their athletic director. So that can that can also play a factor. But yeah, that being said, I mean, I think the top three are, are very, very solid. Before we get off of 3A, I want to ask y'all, you know, rounding out after three, we have Cistercian, Country Day, Oak Ridge, and Green Hill. Maybe with the exception of Green Hill, do y'all think anyone between Cistercian, Country Day, and Oak Ridge can possibly, you know, play spoiler to the th- top three? Jack, I'll start with you.
0: Um, If any team were to do it, I think it might be Oak Ridge. I say that because their D-line is really, really talented. Um, it's tough to have one, one really good defensive lineman in SBC 3A, but when you have two in, uh, in, in Corian, Tank, Thomas, and, and Rodney Andari, I think when you stop the run game up the middle and when you have guys who are moving at, moving like that can get off blocks, I think that that can play spoiler a, l- a little bit. And, in fact, Oak Ridge spoiled, played spoiler to Houston Christian last year. Um, but mm-hmm. I mean, one of the things that we've seen in three a, um, as long as we've been doing this is kind of when you get out of that top two, top three, anybody can really beat anybody on any day. And then in non-conference they, those teams tend to struggle a little bit, whether it be a country day or an Oak Ridge Cistercian, all of those teams kind of fall in the same bucket where, you know, it's kind of a, kind of a crap shoot in between who's going to win the games, but I could see Oak Ridge playing spoiler. But, you know, I could also see Fort Worth Country Day played Houston Christian pretty close last year. Yeah. Um. You know, Cistercian was able to beat St. Mark's last year. So I think anything can happen in those teams. Um, um, But look out for Oak Ridge, at least on the defensive line side of things, to be pretty talented.
2: Yeah. And, yeah, uh...
1: and you know, under, under the – I will say under, under the, the brain of um of matt oh, matt morrison at tvs they he still hasn't beaten country day country day beat last year before so you know it's it, it, i think country Day's prime to play spoiler maybe if it's only to maybe it's only to uh to tvs but we'll see that'll be an interesting dynamic walker
2: yeah uh the bra- the battle of brian irvin is always a good one up there in fort worth so yeah they take it very seriously and uh, i love my rivalry before trinity valley but i think tvs honestly takes more pride in the uh the Battle of and Irvin more, and that is, just makes more sense. But uh, they care about that one, anyways. Um, yeah, uh, to I would have also said Oak Ridge for sure, but I do like the Fort Worth Country Day Falcons, they've always been an interesting team with a lot of talent, but sometimes just lesser years than others. But Andrew Edwards is probably going to be one of the top quarterbacks in SBC 3A, uh, returning, and he had a good year last year. Uh he's a decent quarterback. He's he's gonna be really, really good for them. But uh, Jackson Blomenhall, Dylan Davis, Jackson Brockway. Yeah, I, I think that I, I would love to say assertion, which you know, I'm a big Charlie Humphreys fan, and I'm proud that he's going to Yale. That's a great spot for him. Congratulations to him. Um, yeah, I think uh I just don't know if they have a lot of talent with also a new head coach coming back and they lose a lot like Dan O'Toole, Dan O'Toole and Natsu Unini. Uh, leaving last year is huge, um, or you know, graduating is huge for them. But, uh, I, you know, Ryan Sproul is a decent, he looks a pretty good tight end defensive end for them. And Cade Burke is going to be there, and who's going to be, uh, really good for them. Michael Peterman, those guys are going to be a really good, uh, squad for Cessertion. I just don't know if they have the overall talent to kind of compete with the top two again this year, but, um, and I, I just want to say I'm I'm excited to see how this Green Hill team does, man. Um we love coach KJ here and he's a great dude. One of the, you know, no, I've not heard anything really bad about him and coming into kind of, you know, he was the strength and conditioning coach before his head coaching job in Nolan. And so being able to actually really maybe have a team where he can start the program and learn and, you know, to have that culture might be really good for him. And, and having a place like Green Hill where you can get really good athletes in there if you really want to, where he, they've done it for basketball for years if they can do it for base uh football too, where they got Caden Castillo, uh you lose Winston Black to graduation, who's probably your best player you've had in the past couple of years, and you lose Anthony Banks to Prestonwood. But um kind of having this program under him and you know, a guy like uh Brandon Polk and you know KJ Caden Castillo are gonna be two guys that are gonna be really essential uh for the restarting of this Green Hill program. So a lot of excitement and the uh, even under the uh the top three so I'm excited for this
1: absolutely you know it's going to be a fantastic battle we outline the top three teams that we think are the real contenders here but I think regardless you know it's going to be it's going to be a super fun race it's going to be a super fun divisional run like it always is in SPC 3A so it'll be a good time but before we get into SPC 4A we're going to have a word from our sponsor High Point apparel this episode is brought to you by High Point Signs and Apparel. Walker, we have worked with High Point Signs and Apparel. We love them. They're fantastic sponsors. All this sick apparel that we are putting out that we give into the quarterbacks, the camp shirts, the hats, the apparel shirts and hoodies, they're all made by High Point. They do a fantastic job. They don't miss deadlines. They provide exceptional customer service. Both me and Walker can attest to that. They will meet or beat any price, And they create online stores that can provide your employees with apparel or they can be profit centers. You know, Walker, uh, we are incredibly grateful for High Point not only for sponsoring us, but for allowing us to fulfill a dream of ours in creating our own merchandise that I yeah. think, quite frankly, looks amazing. I mean, what are your what are your thoughts on on High Point signs and apparel and what they allow companies to do?
2: Uh, yeah, it was an amazing experience with them and we're still going to work with them continuously down the line. Uh, nothing but great things to say about them. And even the online store that you just mentioned, we're going to have that for ourselves and having able to, you know, when y'all want to buy our merch in a couple of weeks, that's how we're going to do it through them. And so, uh, George Jacobus is a great guy and he kind of leads the team over there and he has, he's a father of private school kids. He, He loves the, loves the, uh, whatever the landscape and the community that, that we're trying to build and not a no, there's no better way to, to help, uh, help, uh, build the community than support high point apparel. So thank you guys over there for helping us out and I'm excited to keep working with them, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Any, any links to socials or websites for high point
1: signs and apparel will be located in our bio in the description of this episode, please go through that link, check them out, set up a meeting with them. I promise you if there is any better company for custom signs and apparel, I haven't found one yet. So go High Point Signs and Apparel, all the links are in our description. And thank you yet again to High Point for sponsoring this episode. All right, guys. So all of that being said, we now are on the verge of previewing SPC 4A. Like I've said, a million times before, incredibly fun division. Can never really pinpoint exactly what's going to happen. You always seem to look up and all these teams that shouldn't be winning are winning. And it's, it's beautiful to watch. I love the chaos. But you know, I'm going to get straight into our power rankings and I'm going to let Jack go off the rip and say our overview on the division. And I I have a feeling, and I, I was also very uneasy about making these rankings because it just, it doesn't seem right to me, but at the same time it does. And we have to go with the information we have. So all of the wind up aside, the TXPS media power rankings for SPCA go as follows. SPC4A, my apologies. Number one, Episcopal Bel Air. Number two, St. John's. Number three, Episcopal School of Dallas. Number four, the reigning SPC4A state champions, the Kincaid School. And at number five, rounding out SPC4A, we have St. Mark's. So, Jack, I think it's fitting that I turn to the Kincaid alum here in, in a poll that would seem by many that we vastly underrate Kincaid. Um, I I don't feel good about this at all, to be honest with you. I know we're going to look up in in the last week in October, the first week of November, and Coach Larned and Kincaid are going to be playing for an SPC championship and we had them ranked fourth in our poll. Just I know it's going to be shocking to some people to see St. John's go up to second, et cetera, et cetera. Just what are your thoughts on the overall landscape of SPC 4A and how we have it predicted?
0: Yeah, so let me preface this by saying there are four teams out of five that could win a title. Episcopal ESD Saint John's and Kincaid each of them have their strengths have their weaknesses each of them could win a title each of them have great head coaches each of them have had each of them won seven games last year in the regular season um, each of them played each other close ESD beat Episcopal Kinca- EHS beat Kincaid in the regular season e- St John's beat ESD Kincaid beat St John's um, you know Episcopal beat St John's so they kind of all went back and forth yeah but to give our viewers Um, a little more insight on how we do this. We create one power rankings for the whole podcast. That encompasses my opinion, Walker's opinions, and Wes's opinion. So when you look at it from a holistic point of view, and and we have to go on what teams, you know, have what they return, you know, that makes our job a lot more complex. Do I think Kincaid likely – has a good chance to play for an SBC title. And I'm not just saying this because I went there. Absolutely. Coach Lauren had won with the worst, with arguably the worst team he's ever coached last year against a pretty, pretty darn good Episcopal team. But Episcopal gets stronger this year. Um, Carson Gordon, you know, with the transfer of Brandon Thomas, who actually went to Kincaid in middle school when I was at Kincaid, Brandon Thomas was there. Um, you know, Billy Wheelis committed the Brown um, losing. Um, Losing Jordan Manuel stings a little bit, but he maybe didn't play the role that he thought he was going to play at Episcopal. You have Cullen Witt. You have Alex Lazada, You have um, even Jackson Ranucci or Brady Reed, Cullen Walton. Episcopal is a tremendously talented team. Coach Leese has been there a long time. He's won a lot. They have a very creative offensive coordinator in Coach Dan Casey and a really solid defensive coordinator in Jimmy Moynihan. putting Episcopal aside with the talent they have, you have St. John's, no matter how you feel about where we rank St. John's coach Veltri has done a tremendous, tremendous job taking over for Steve Gleaves. You know, when I started at Kincaid, Kincaid St. John's was not a competitive game. St. John's hasn't, has run a spread offense for less than a decade. They ran the veer up until 2016, Mm -hmm. um, which is actually a pretty fun offense. It was cool being young at Kincaid watching the veer being run Um, Coach. St. John's also has quite the Kincaid connection. Their new offensive line coach is none other than Tyler Higby, who played football, went to Kincaid, graduated in 2014, played professionally for a little bit in the USFL, um, and uh, went to Michigan State. Blake McKay is a uh, Kincaid alum, class of 2006, as their defensive coordinator. Kevin Veltry was the offensive coordinator under Coach Larned from 2014 to 2018. Coach Malone was a coach there as well for several years. They have Steven Gill. They have Will Hoffreck. They have um, Matias Adroge as their kicker. Um, they have a lot of really talented pieces. Cole Allen, mm. um, who maybe changes the Kincaid game last year. You know, you know, shoulda, coulda, woulda. We coulda seen what happened, but he didn't play in that game. L- lose, losing Robert Riser and Brown commit, uh, Brown now Brown football player, Pierce Leverett stings a little bit, but Coach Veltri is such an off, uh, such an ingenious mind on offense and St. John's has been knocking on the door. It's been over a decade since they beat Kincaid. They, they were able to a him from Episcopal uh, in 2021, but got destroyed last year, but they beat a pretty good ESD team last year who had Teddy Sparrow. And what was
2: their quarterback's name?
0: Uh, I think he ended up playing.
2: Uh, Burke. Was it
0: Burke? Yeah. And Patrick who had Teddy Sparrow and Patrick Burke. Um, You know, so then you move to ESD from St. John's, and there's not a big drop-off. Transfer quarterback Jake Jerky is the big story. A proven winner at Frisco Memorials, threw for 2,300 yards last year, played in great, you know, great uh, Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex competition in Frisco. You know, he's a 25, and, you know, he has Hutch Chipman leading the way. He's very talented tight end, was nominated for tight end of the year. Um, or Receiver of the Year, excuse me. Um, And, you know, th- th- they were knocking on the door last year, seven wins. They had an undefeated regular season in 2021. Coach Williams um, has done a nice job over there. In terms of talent, you know, when you look at talent, it's – on paper, ESD looks the part. And then you get to my alma mater, Kincaid. Nico Gomez, Miles Raider, all of those, Parker Kibitza, Christopher Carlson, Oliver Eads, all of those guys have been on varsity for a couple seasons now. All of those guys are proven winners. They've gone back to back. You know, when it, when it comes to experience, Kincaid has it. But they lose the star power of a Micah Bell. They don't have Dylan Bell. They don't have a Cam Henry. They don't have an Alex Wade. But at the same time, they have guys with experience and guys who are hungry. Um, and as always, I'm bullish on my guys at Kincaid. I really do think they're gonna they're gonna be able to steal a game from one of the top three contenders that that we ranked, if not, if not maybe more. They they very well could compete for an SBC title. You know, each of the top four teams, you know, they they won the same amount of games in the regular season. They beat each other, they play tough non conference schedules. It's gonna be a lot of fun. But then you factor in Kincaid as a quarterback this year. You know, which is both kind of a double edged sword because, you know, David Capo Bianco was tremendous in twenty twenty one was the newcomer of the year, um, but he doesn't have the same receiving core he? as he's not throwing the Cam Henry or Dylan Bell as sad as that is for me to say or even an Alex Godsagan or Harrison Lawrence. You have a whole different cast of characters and Nico Gomez and Miles Raider they will take up the reins well. I have I have full confidence in that, but at the same time, you know, David has to show that he can dominate and I'm there's no doubt he's capable of it but it's different when you're when you don't have those targets at the same time David was injured and reclassified and while David trained and you know I I know did his thing and looked the part in 7 on 7 it's tough to substitute on field in game reps ESD has, and Saint and Episcopal and Saint John their starting quarterbacks all had tremendous seasons last year there is no substitute for in-game reps, no matter how you slice it. Now, Kincaid's offense will take a step forward. It'll be a lot more productive. They won't be killing clock. David's going to be able to throw for a lot more. But at the same time, you don't have um, you know, a Dylan Bell or a Josh Williams or Victor Garza or Micah Bell. You don't have those guys running that wildcat offense that Kincaid's coming to know anymore. Will they run it with Miles Raider and Nico Gomez? Maybe so. But you know, only time will tell on that front. And then we move to St. Mark's. St. Mark's has really had a tough time with every team. Um, they haven't they haven't beaten, um, since before COVID, the only team that they've really beaten that was in foray was Houston Christian before they dropped down. And most of their games weren't, weren't even very competitive. Um, Coach Flaherty, you know, has a great track record, played professionally a little bit, went to Princeton, you know, is part of the Garrett family. Jason and Judd Garrett are relatives of his. You know he's he's a he's a proven leader. He was the head coach at the prestigious Lawrenceville Academy in New Jersey. Um, but at the same time, you know they don't have too much outside of uh, Henry Estes. Um, and and who was the other guy that you mentioned? Uh,
2: Lucas Blumenhall, the receiver.
0: And Lucas Blumenhall, and uh, and Lucas Blumenhall, their receiver. It's just tough to really assess them. Um, I And, you know, with their non-conference being not against maybe the best teams, it's tough to kind of gauge where they're at um, in, in terms of the SPC uh, competition. But at the same time, they really did not play any competitive games, giving up, you know, 40 plus points to each team that wasn't each other team in that division. But I'll go back to I'll hit home that, you know, there's a lot of competition at the top. And just because, you know, Episcopal's one and Kincaid's four and St. John's is two and ESD is three doesn't mean that, you know, there's too, too much of a big drop off. You can't make up for what Coach Larnett has been able to do in his time at Kincaid. He's won with the most talented team. He's won with, the, with you know, arguably one of the least talented teams. Coach Veltri has done a tremendous job turning it around. Coach Lease is a proven, proven winner. Coach Williams comes from a great pedigree coaching at Kincaid before ESD and leading some great teams, winning titles in the lower division back when it was Division One, Division II. You know, two years removed for an undefeated regular season with the likes of Chase Kennedy, um, and uh, Jaden Robinson. So all that being said, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Like last year, there are gonna be a lot of questions about the playoff format, you know, and what what really is a shame, and and, and I do hope SBC at some point looks into this, is that last year you had four teams. With seven wins in the regular season, only two of them got to play for a title. I really think it would be a lot more fun, especially in SPC4, if if we could see the top four teams added in a playoff scenario. Because really, any of those teams could beat anybody. You know, um, one of our contributors and a good friend of mine, David Cody, Episcopal alum, always said weird things happen in rivalry games. Anything can happen when a St. Johnson-Kincaid square off, when Episcopal and ESD square off. We saw it last year. so. I don't think that there's gonna be one team, a cut above the rest, maybe like a Trinity Valley. I think that there's gonna be a lot of fun this fall, and I can't wait to see those conference games in October.
1: But yeah, I think a, I think a big thing, I think a big thing here is that it's not even really one, two, three, and four. At the top of SCZ 4A, I think it's like 1A, 1B, 1C, and 1D. I think all of those teams are so close together that it's it's too close to call right now. Like I've said a billion times, we're going to look up late in the season, and Kincaid's going to beat EHS, St. John's is going to have beaten ESD, and it's going to be a complete just pretzel of rankings. I am disappointed since I'm going to be in Dallas. This is probably going to be the first year since I've started covering that I won't be at the Kincaid St. John's game at Rice, which pound for pound might be my favorite experience I've had in the last two years. Going to that game at Rice every year is so fun for me, and I might might have to find a a way to make it down to Houston and cover that because that's always super, super fun. But that being said, Walker... Jack's done a tremendous job of outlining the the landscape of SBC 4 a you know. There's a lot to talk about. Is there anything that stands out to you specifically when you look at these five teams?
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's just going to be interesting to see because if you talk Division One talent, of course, Episcopal has the number one like all of that, and you know they had it also last year too, and they didn't end up you know succeeding in their goals. So how does that come back? And you know they added they had a uh, the kid from uh, Ridge Point. Uh, coming in, uh, the defensive lineman, ever get his name on the top of my head? Wes, if you can find that for me, that'd be awesome. Um, but you also add BJ Thomason from Houston Lamar, who that's a huge addition for them at the running back spot. Also, just an athlete, too, um, who's going to add a big, big uh, addition to this offense that they desperately needed um not just not desperately but at with a couple, you know linebarger and others leaving last year you need a kind of a bigger impact player on offense and you add that in bj thomas and you know having him on offense and the guy on defense and you you move uh you had logan bartee also to that receiver room and you know uh the offensive line has always been great there at ehs and you know you might lose a couple of guys on the defensive line uh you know that's going to be something you're going to have to figure out this fall. Is who kind of replaces some of those guys like Jason Ota from last year? Is you know having those kind of guys that's going to be touch Coward play. as well. Thank you. Yeah, that's, I was I was the other guy I was trying to think of, but yeah, him too. Those guys on the defensive line are going to be two guys. Their deaths we're going to have to figure out how do we replace them. And they have guys like. Do you have the guy pulled up from Ridgepoint? No, I'm working no, on it. I'm
0: I'm, I'm I'm working on it.
2: Okay, I I'm I, I, don't, I don't know. know. Thank you, guys. They're my statisticians. Anyways, um, but, yeah, that's a big piece of this EHS team. But um, with the UNLV commit at the helm, who I think even taking the step forward this year is going to be really, really good, and I think he's going to kind of come for blood because there is not many ways to lose that are worse than not really getting the ball for, like, 13 minutes in the second half. Um and not really doing it not really being able to do anything about it. And um that was hard. That's a hard way to lose in each E-H- if you were each Walker.
0: I got an answer for you. His name is and I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Tyler Sasarski.
2: Yes. Yeah, that is that is yes. exactly him uh yeah that's a he was a he he, i think he hit like the 800 pound club as like a going into a junior year at rich point which is huge and adding him to the defensive line uh you know with guys like madden morgan and other guys behind him braylon thompson as well you know that's a big Mm -hmm. good defense but going to my point back to my point was there's not many ways to kind of hardly like that doesn't hurt more than by maybe the only way to that hurts more is probably like a game winning touchdown at the very end to just seal it. Not being able to stop the run for a good 13 minutes in a game in the second half and them winning it by a like only scoring with a field goal at the end of that 13 minute drive or whatever it was that's heartbreaking way to lose. And you know they they went and drove and it was, they what drove to the other side of the field and then they, they kind of stopped, but. That's that's a terrible way to lose. I'm not like it's it just it Mm -hmm. sucks. And hopefully they kind of they probably have taken that and be like that's not going to happen again. And they probably have that mindset that we're not even going to get into that position. So I also kind of that reason is kind of why we put them number one is where. They're kind of coming for that little, little chip on their shoulder, being like, "No, nah, that's not going to happen again with the talent we have." So that's a big reason I think EHS is number one. But other guys like St. John's is going to be interesting thing because they have a lot of talent, and I think Cole Allen might be one of the best athletes, if not the best athlete, in all of taps or SBC 4A. And I I am a huge fan of Cole Allen since I first saw him. And I Stephen Gill is probably going to be one of the best, you know, passers in the SBC. And I think having that combination with, you know, Logan Donnelly, Michael Murphy, uh, uh, Will Hoffrecht, uh, guys like that is going to be huge. And, you know, they have a 2027 guy, uh, that I saw at the thing where he was big into the basketball, already got a Big 12 offer for basketball at 6'5. I don't know if he's grown any bit more, and I don't know if he's still going to play football this upcoming year, but if he does, that's a starting defensive end you have there for St. John's and also receiver for them maybe. Um, So that's going to be a key piece if he plays. But uh, Malachi Booker, his name is Malachi Booker Booker at 6'5", 185. Uh he's gonna be a, maybe a defensive end for them if he you know he plays football, but that's another key piece for them. The 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 interesting thing for them is gonna be the offensive offense and defensive lines. It's not their strongest suit. It's never really been for the past couple of years. If they can put something together to where they can protect Steven against like the teams like Bel Air and uh, ESD and Kincaid they have a chance to sustain that second spot we really have them in because the offensive firepower they've competed with everyone in the state offensively they're just being able to compete against probably the better teams with the when, when they're in the trenches is probably going to be the key piece for them um and to kind of say other stuff ESD is going to be the interesting thing I I kind of lied to you uh, Jack earlier when I said he threw for twenty three hundred yards, he only threw for nine hundred fourteen. So that's on me. So oh I don't man, think he, I don't think he played all the whole year. So that's on me. You can take that. Whoever like going to quote him on T- that. Taking that.
0: Taking that back.
2: Yeah, please. So that's on me. But he threw. I'm gonna guess he only played half the year because he was a sophomore at the time. But he played. He had the ratio of ten touchdowns to one interception for a sophomore starting his first season. That's a pretty good ratio, and I'm excited to see how he does. He's a talented quarterback, and if he's gonna even start, is Johnny Willingham gonna start? I'm gonna guess Jake, but you know that he's the guy who's been there through the system, and Johnny and Nick Wheeler, uh, Hutch Chipman, Owen Belson, and also Owen Belson and Dario Benagalia coming in from Houston Memorial with Jake is also key additions for the squad. And also Jordan Hutchinson, the 25 wide receiver, is another top, top five, top six wide receiver in the 2025 class. So having a lot of the weapons they have, ESD could be primed to be something special. And um, KK, you know, he already, he did the down the list for Kinkade. I'm not going to talk more about <laughs> the guys, but those guys, like you said, it, just like last year, they went three and one, uh, two and two, two and two, and three and one. These guys fought and battled for those kind of top two spots last year, where um, a lot of games didn't go some people's way, and in other games you're like, okay, this is how it is. And then next week it was the completely different. And you know we had to keep changing rankings all the time because people beat people that you might have not thought, but they just it's that's SBC four a They they compete, man. And even though we have maybe Kincaid fourth, like we said, like uh, Jack said previously they're fighting for that top spot and they will love to fight for that top spot. So I would love to say like, yeah, maybe Kincaid are a little bit of an underdogs, but you can't really call this the rainy state champs underdogs. Cause that's just who they are. So it's going to be interesting to see. And I'm going to love this SBC 4 a matchup this year, the battles that they have.
0: I'm yeah, really man, excited I... to see, uh, sorry, you, you go West and then I'll go. No, you're good. I'm just going to wrap it up. You go. Oh, okay. I'm really also excited to see West uh, or, I'm really excited to see, Walker, just jumping off your point, especially ESD, Kincaid, and Episcopal. Um, look for them. They have some pretty pretty good non-conference schedules. Kincaid opens up against Jasper, who has a lot of really good talent. Yep. Um, Episcopal has Parish Week 2. ESD has TCA Addison and Liberty Christian. Um, and even St. John's opens up with a super talented St. Thomas team. So we're going to be able to know a lot about these teams with how they handle their business playing some really good taps competition as well as some good public school competition as well.
1: For sure. Yeah, I completely agree. It's going to be, it's going to be a fun time. All these teams are going to get tested really early and we're going to know pretty well what they're made of right off the rip. But guys, we've talked extensively about both SPC 3A and 4A, given you a, a really deep breakdown on pretty much all the competition there. Like I said, it's going to be a fun time as always. But before we get out of here, we have one last item of business, and that is the overall SPC Power Rankings. We do this with every division. We go through and rank the individual districts, and at the end of the episode, we go and we rank SBC 3A and 4A combined. So, without further ado, let's jump straight into that. At number one, we have Bel Air Episcopal. At number two, we have Houston St. John's. At number three, we have Episcopal School of Dallas. At number four, we have the first SBC 3A team, Trinity Valley. At number five, we have Kincaid. At number six, we have Houston Christian. At number seven, we have... The John Cooper School. At number eight, we have St. Mark's. At number nine, we have Irving Cistercian. And rounding out the list at number 10, we have Fort Worth Country Day. So, guys, we've talked extensively about all of these teams. We don't need to go through and rehash the exact rankings and the details on the team. But, Jack, you know, just quickly, we've got these 10 teams here. Is there anything that sticks out to you about the 10 teams that we've compiled in the combined SBC power rankings?
0: Yeah, I, I think first of all, you got to preface it by saying it's a little tough to compare four A and three A, just because just in terms of number one, strength of schedule. Number two, size. Comparing talent can also be a little misleading, especially if you know you have a really talented player on, you know, say Trinity Valley, who's maybe playing against a little bit of weaker competition, versus maybe Kincaid, like a Kincaid, who's maybe a little bit weaker in terms of talent, but is a proven winner at the four A level. So that's a little tough. You know, again, guys, I can't stress enough. We have to, you know, this is this. These are a collective rankings, really based on, you know, talent and and what they have going forward. You know, we really can't look back, maybe as much as we'd like to. Um, but I think these do a good job, and I would say really one. I would say really kind of a similar thing to the four where these are very fluid.
2: Yeah. You
0: have, you know, one week is going to be the difference. And there's going to be a lot of shuffling around. Um, and, you know, I'm curious to see how Trinity Valley ends up standing. It would be really cool if some of these better 3A teams could play the 4A teams and you could really see head to head. You know, does Trinity Valley being ahead of Kincaid mean that, you know, Trinity Valley 100% would beat Kincaid in a head to head matchup? No, it doesn't mean that at all. But in terms of maybe talent, they're pretty comparable teams. Um, uh, so, you know, with that being said, I, I'll, I'll I'll hand it over to Walker. But I just think that you have to keep that in mind when we're get when we're looking at this from a holistic point of view. I think you got to keep in mind that there are at the top there's there's you know a lot of teams that are pretty close, and then there's kind of a big drop off once you get past um, once you get past Kincaid and may, maybe to a lesser extent John Cooper and Houston Christian.
2: Yeah, Yeah. Uh, you know, you got to really think about talent a lot in these preseason rankings and you know that's why texas is always ranked so high and then then they always fall off hey oh anyways
1: uh uh, i love a subtle jab at at the university of texas as always you shouldn't have have caught me with a mouthful of water i wasn't expecting that
2: sorry you know i do think they're going to be good this year i just let's, let's pump the brakes before we finally say they're back anyways um and m 10 and 2 record this year just mark my words absolutely anyways uh going into the next stage actually of actually private school talk yeah i think uh the rankings are pretty good man there's not much to say i think it's kind of makes sense if you look at it i think tvs is going to maybe prove itself as just not not just uh a top 3a team but actually a really good team this year and i think that's going to solidify them and that maybe that top 5 spot but a team like Houston Christian, if they have an offensive just firestorm this year, and they have so they score a lot of points and have a lot of wins, you could see them jumping up too. But um, I really like how it's ranked. I think this team is good. Like we said not that long ago, with the top four in the SBC 4A, it's going to be solidified, and you're going to see these rankings change a lot over the next couple of weeks. So,
1: absolutely, yeah. You know, I will I will end it by saying this. Um, if you remember any of our preseason rankings from last year. Um, right after week one, they all got absolutely shelled. It was chaos. Expect that to maybe happen again this year. I'm not going to say that we're just, you know, putting up a putting up a dartboard of teams and just blindfolding and throwing darts. But we put a lot of work into this. But at the same time, you know, I always like to say the game's not played on paper. We do this to get a really good idea of who these teams are based on returning production and and quote-unquote talent, which is just kind of a, a quantitative or qualitative thing. Um, none of this matters until the team step on the gridiron. And we're going to see week one how these teams fare, and especially as we get deeper into SPC play, I'm really, really excited to see which of these teams that we have ranked, you know, four, five, six, start beating teams that are one, two, three. You know, it's always the most fun part of football season for me to see the underdog the team that's not supposed to come and beat any of these top dogs really just rise up and start being like, hey, it's our time, we're here. So I'm sure that we will see that more or less as the season progresses. But guys, that being said, that is our Deep Dive SPC preview. Jack, I want to say, number one, thank you. We greatly appreciate your help with this. Um, this doesn't get done without you. We're greatly appreciative for you, Alex, Cody, anyone that contributes on the SPC side of things. As everyone knows, both Walker and I are much more familiar with TAPS football. We've grown to know a lot about SPC, but it helps us a lot to have guys who grew up in SPC around that culture that that really know what they're doing. So, dude, thank you. It, it means lot to us is there anything that you want to leave the viewers with before we get out of here
0: yeah i'm very very thankful like i said to have this opportunity to be help you guys in the analyst uh department helping out with spc stuff but also providing you know insight on the friday night twitter space and creating original content on the website and you know all i gotta say is man is look look for the txps media group to do some pretty special stuff there's a lot of great stuff coming um walker lot has done a tremendous job i can't thank him enough for his advice and mentorship at west U as well ryan i think we got a great team there's some special stuff coming so y'all y'all stay tuned um, because this train is only going to get better and better and better i'm glad i got in when i did um and i think this is going to be a really really fun year i look forward to being around helping you guys out and just watch for our content like subscribe share um, we, we do this, we do, we do this, you know, we all got our own things going on, in, whether it be internships, college, you know, work stuff, you name it, um, you know, we're, we're all at different points in our lives, but we still love doing this, so we do, we do this for you guys, we do this to help boost you guys, help you guys get, you know, maybe maybe even help get recruited, but we do it because we love it, um, because Texas private school football changed my life, changed Wes's life, changed Alex's life, changed Walker's life, you know, and this is this is our way of giving back, paying it forward. And I hope that you know, to anybody who you know, you know is ready is hanging up the cleats, find ways to get involved. Whether it be working in your athletic department, you know, like I do over at Columbia or Walker, you know, worked with Tex Ags, um, find ways to get involved to, to um, you know keep giving back to the game that gave so much to us. Um, I think that I think that, that you know you can pay it forward for the next generation. It doesn't have to go away when you uh, you know you finish up. Your senior year of
1: football. So absolutely. That was, that was amazing. I, I could I, I couldn't say it better. You took the words right out of my mouth. Is that I say all the time, we do it because we love it. Walk a lot. Um it's it's gonna be very hard to follow that up. Don't don't at all feel compelled <laughs> to to give the full speech that Jack did, but any any closing thoughts you want to leave uh the viewers with for this episode?
2: No, I won't say much. Uh still looking for interns. So if anyone's still watching this end of the episode, reach out to us about that uh peril will be dropping soon in a couple weeks before the season starts so look out for that and uh yeah if also I'll be back down to Fort Worth or Houston next week I know Wes will be up in DFW for the next couple weeks uh if there's any really good scrimmages we might head out to maybe on a Friday go watch that but besides that uh leave out honestly with Jack's message more than mine so yeah thank you guys Absolutely. Guys,
1: thank you both for for joining us for this episode. I had a great time. It's always fun previewing the SBC. But all that being said, as always, I have been one third of your hosting crew, Wes Tollis, and Walker Lott and Jack Klosek have fantastically been themselves. We will see you in the next episode. See you later.
2: Three, two, one.